Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you.
Laws are really important to civil society. Without them, our cars would collide. Fighting between people or groups of people would be incessant. And transportation and commerce and banking and all those sorts of things would be mostly chaotic. Commandments are really important too, especially to a religious and moral life. Or maybe I should say keeping commandments or living them in particularly thoughtful ways is basic for anybody who wants to live by faith and walk the talk with God. But laws and commandments often need interpretation, just as household rules sometimes need to be explained and even repeatedly communicated in order to be effective. Standing alone, laws and commandments and statutes, even religious ones, can seem so lifeless and so impersonal. Sometimes they require someone to help us make sense of them. Someone who can remind us of how critically important they are to living a good or even moral life. Moses did just that for the people of Israel who were standing on the edge of the promised land one day. And Jesus happens to do that for Christian believers. So what I want to do is read from the fourth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, beginning at the first verse, and then share some thoughts with you. So here's Moses speaking to the people of Israel. So now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you can live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving to you. You must neither add anything to what I command you, nor take anything away from it. Just keep the commandments of the Lord your God with which I am charging you. For just as the Lord my God has charged me, I now teach you statutes and ordinances for you to observe in the land that you are about to enter and occupy. You must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples, who, when they hear all of these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and discerning people. For what other great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is whenever we call upon him? And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? But take care and watch yourselves closely, so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen, nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life, and make them known to your children and to your children's children. Now some reflections on this passage and your life. Take a listen. Well, let me have you, if, if you would, imagine yourself arriving in a brand new country to live there permanently. You can bring to mind uh, Afghan refugees right now, if you wish, uh, some of whom will probably land in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Bruges, Belgium, or Burlington, Iowa. It has to be. It just has to be overwhelming to try to appreciate what are the customs, what are the laws, what are 
the unspoken rules that make a society work. If there's not someone there to interpret, it must be absolutely bewildering. It's a little bit like entering a family, uh, another family upon marriage. And those of you that are married may recall when you first met the in-laws. And if your significant other wasn't there to interpret that household, it would be baffling. Well, the challenge of, any, of interpreting any laws or any rules or any customs or traditions or mores is that there sometimes is a spirit behind those laws. There's a reason for them. There's a personality. There's some that we just internalize deeply, and there's other ones that we can, in fact, let, let go of. But to have someone walk with you and someone to hold your hand and someone to show you the ropes of what's consequential and what's not. What are important laws and what are not. If you were to move permanently to Alaska, there's a law in the books that you cannot, you're prohibited from giving alcohol to moose, which is not nearly as important as that law about paying your state and your federal taxes. And same with every place where we might land. When we're in a new setting, we need people to give us a sense of the, of the context and of, in fact, the rules. There's some, a town in, in Kansas where you're not allowed to pound on a vending machine when you get frustrated. Well, is that important or is that not important? It really helps to have someone interpret because laws form the character of a society. When I ask you to imagine a lawless society, you know exactly what I mean. It's a place where you would not want to live. We have a phrase in our, in our culture where we talk about law-abiding citizens, which sounds great on one level, but we know that some laws prove to be more just for some people than for some other people. And we know historically and, and in present tense and we know that in this particular country, we have some laws that benefit certain segments of society or certain classes of people. Think of taxation laws, for example, and not so much for others. We have laws in, in our society that simply advance certain cultural wars. That's how they get on the books because of legislators who help advance them. Well, laws and statutes and ordinances, these can be so cold and calculating and impersonal, and it helps to have someone interpret them. Today we have this reading from Deuteronomy, and you, you have to picture Moses and the people of Israel, they're on a border, and they're looking into the promised land, the land about which they're going to enter, that God has given them. A totally new land, like Afghan refugees arriving in Burlington, Iowa. Moses is standing there with the people, and he's there to help them interpret the laws that they have been given, the laws of the Torah. He's reminding them of these resources that are a gift from God. He's going to teach them the law, but he's going to, more importantly, give them a sense of how to keep these statutes and ordinances, and what it really feels like to live under them. 
So there's this huge body of material in Jewish law. It's not just the Ten Commandments. As many of you know, there's 613 commandments. And the public realm and the private realm, they just kind of commingle. And there's a whole bunch of those 613 commandments that you couldn't possibly enforce in a court of, of law, in some in institutional system of justice. Thou shalt not covet. We know that one from the Ten Commandments. Well, what are you going to do if your neighbor covets your green grass or your dog? Are you going to go to the Tenth Circuit Court and do something about it? Thou shalt not embarrass others. One of the Jewish laws. You're going to arbitrate that in the federal district court? Thou shalt not be greedy. I'm sure the Supreme Court could take on that one if the ancient Israelites had a Supreme Court. Thou shalt honor thy father and mother, which we know so well. Well, Judge Judy could take that one on, but there was no Judge Judy in ancient times. All these laws, they're not enforceable by courts and by an institutional justice system. So keeping them requires that you be a certain kind of person and that you want to be a certain kind of person. So Moses says to the people of Israel, you know, there's other people that are watching you. They do their idle thing, but you're different. You're not like them. You have the chance and you have the responsibility to live with these commandments, these ordinances. They are the very charter of your existence as a people. Your reputation is at stake. Moses says more. You know, you have the opportunity to showcase your righteousness. When people look at you, they're going to say, oh my goodness, these people, are they're wise. They are discerning. They're going to say, wow, what a great nation. Well, Israel was never great until modern times in terms of numbers or, or might or significance. It was always puny and insignificant. So when Moses talks about Israel being a great nation, another people are going to see, ah, a great nation. What will astound them, what will puzzle them, is that you, people of Israel, you have a God that is so near to you, so up close to you, they won't get it. You're able to live wise lives, discerning lives, because you have this up-close God. Other nations, Moses says, they can craft all the little golden calves that they want. But you people, you have God as near, the psalmist puts it, as near as your own breath. Or as Jeremiah puts it, you have God as close to your heart because the law has been written on your hearts. Moses is helping the people make sense of the significance of living these commandments, many of which you could never enforce. So it has to be a matter of will. He's putting a personal dimension behind that which is impersonal. So let me try to describe this in a different way, and I'm going to do so by introducing you to a guy named Joe Cerna. Joe's an Afghan vet. He served four combat tours in Afghanistan, a Green Beret, Special Forces, awarded three Purple Hearts because of the trauma he endured surviving an improvised explosive device, a suicide bomber, 
he came home with a boatload of traumas. But the worst was when he was driving a Humvee one day, avoiding an explosive device, the, the vehicle flipped into an irrigation ditch upside down, and he and his three buddies in that Humvee were taken on water. Fast. They were trapped. Joe Cerna was the only one who got out of that Humvee. The other three guys perished, and he couldn't save them. And so, to this day, tight and confining spaces are really hard for Joe Cerna. When he came back from tour, he, did what hap- he, he experienced what happens to many vets. He slipped into alcoholism. He got a DWI. He was on probation. And he has to show up in court. And he's standing before the judge and uh, has to confess that, in fact, yes, he did lie on a urine test. And yes, he did violate his probation. So the judge, a guy named Lou Oliveira from Cumberland County, uh, North Carolina, sentences him to 24 hours in jail because there has to be some accountability uh, for violating this probation. Said the judge, I had really no choice. It wasn't what I wanted to do. But accountability after record of offenses and this probation violation, it was important. So off to jail went Joe Cerna. And mind you, anything that suggests a confining space is traumatic. They put him in his jail cell, and the guy is just shaking and sweating from memories of that Humvee underwater. Unbeknownst to Joe Cerna, the the judge, Lou Oliveira, he had a different plan that he had decided upon rather instantaneously. He was going to spend the 24 hours in jail with Joe because he knew what Joe was going through. He understood accountability to the law, but he knew the anguish that that 24-hour sentence would create. So about 30 minutes after Joe was locked up, totally unaware of what was happening, in walks the judge with his white shirt and tie on to spend the night. And these two guys are locked up together and they share the meatloaf supper. And Joe, who had never heard of such a thing before in his life, said that night was a game changer for me. That guy changed my life. They talked rather than slept through most of the night. You know, the law can be so cold, it can be so impersonal, it can be so calculating, but what the judge did is put some personality behind the law and into the law. He put himself into it. He made himself available. It's a little bit what what, what Moses was trying to do for the people of Israel, to help them make sense of the law and give it some personality. What other great nation has a God as close to you as your God and your nation? Well, we Christian people have been given our own gift of Christ Jesus planted within us. When Jesus is saying his most famous prayer, he says, you know, Father, just as you are in me, I am in these my people. And I put my joy inside of them that their joy might be 
complete. That's our Lord Jesus Christ putting personality and image and bearings into you and me. We have an idea of what Moses means when he talks about this up close, this nearby God. Or what Paul means when he says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives inside of me. So we have to decide how we're going to live the commands that we know, the Word of God that we hear. Will we, will we be quietly extraordinary in our behaviors with the ordinary things of everyday life or not? I think it's worth the effort of trying to live like deeply Christ-filled people. And maybe we should remember that other people are watching us too. Maybe even looking favorably upon how wise and discerning and faithfully good we can be when we hold to that Word of God. Amen. Now may this peace of our Lord, which passes all human understanding, keep your heart and mine in Christ our Lord. Amen.
will you join with me in prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So friends, you have the kingdom of God inside of you. That's what Jesus says, at least. So go and live this week as if that's true, confident that you have all that it takes to live faithfully in the ways of God. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.